You're at the Over or Under Show. I'm your host, Ed Henderson. And man, it's a crazy world we live in. It has no shortages of rabbit holes. I'm not scared of rabbit holes. If you're not scared of rabbit holes, this show is for you. Let's see if we can jump in one and make our way back to the top. Hey, welcome to Over and Under. I'm your host, Ed Henderson. Thank you so much for joining the podcast. If this is your first time, a very special welcome to you. If you hear anything that you like today, please hit subscribe. And if I don't quite sell you on the show, I'd like to invite you to check some of the other 28 podcasts I've done. Maybe you'll find some interest in one of those. With 28 podcasts, I must tell you, just doing this for three months, I'm I'm already finding myself challenged as to what to speak to you about. I'm working on two different projects right now. One is uh, Chappaquiddick, and that is involving Senator Edward Kennedy when he was on the island of Chappaquiddick and he drove off a dike bridge, which resulted in the death of Mary Jo Kopechny. He leaves that scene for 10 hours, which is today very questionable. What did he do for 10 hours? And some of the things that we know that he did uh, to say right, raises an eyebrow is an understatement. So there's a lot of components to that. I'll have to tell you when we get to the end of it, you will not know the answer to what happened at Chappaquiddick because the only thing we have is what Ted Kennedy tells us. It was never cross-examined. It was never never went in front of a jury, never went in front of a grand jury. It was charged with simple leaving the scene of an accident. I think his driver's license gets suspended for one year, which he didn't have a driver's license. It actually had expired. He wasn't even supposed to be driving. He had his driver on the island who was supposed to be driving him. A lot of questions that were never answered. And the story that Teddy settled on could possibly be true. But if that is uh, the story he had to settle on, and it's not true, that's not a good story. So if it was put out there to keep from what really happened, you can only imagine your mind runs wild as to what possibly could happen. If that's a story that he settled on, which is damning, but that's a horrible story. And what actually happened must have been so much worse. But anyhow, let me read a little bit more about that. I'm working on that. The other thing I'm working on is trying to understand postmodernism because you've got to wrap your head around that because some of the things that we're hearing, like from AOC, our Supreme Court Justice Jackson, who recently could not tell you what a woman is. Uh, you know, you wonder, where does this come from? How can you be a woman for over 50 years and you can't even share your experience as being a woman? That would have been a great response to that question, right? I, I'm not going to give a definition for everybody, but I'll tell you what it means to me. She wouldn't even go down that road, which, you know, maybe is because she's a postmodernist, which believe that things are all social constructs, that you cannot be objective. Everything is is relative reality is actually questionable so trying to wrap my brain around that so pray for me as i go through that because it does it twists my brain when i read some of this stuff but uh, i'm hoping that to understand postmodernism will give me some understanding in the world that i'm interacting with today so with that what are we going to talk about today Um, i'm gonna be honest with you i don't have very much passion in this and i can't really say that i'm very interested in it But I wanted to bring you something today, and what kind of cued me in on this was somebody said, you know, uh, Hillary Clinton's going to have a hard road to hoe when uh, the Durham report and this investigation is done, referring to the the pursuit of her lawyer, her campaign lawyer, that presumably started the whole 
Russia collusion hoax in which Russia, supposedly the, the uh, Trumps, were involved with and found out to be an absolute total lie. And this, I guess, is where it, where it started is when this uh, lawyer took it upon himself as a concerned citizen saying he had no contact with anybody like the Clinton campaign, goes to the FBI and presents this information which is based on the Steele dossier, which is a lie. You've got people in the FBI there saying right off the bat we knew that it was questionable. Some people said we knew it was a lie. But you had people in the FBI that, well, at least Pierce was on board with these shenanigans and went ahead and pushed this false narrative. I've often, you know, considered it like a bubble. I didn't come up with it. I can't remember where I first heard it, but it made a lot of sense that, you know, you have the false allegation brought into the FBI. The FBI has it. They leak it to the media. The media comes to back to them. They uh, say, yeah, that, that, that's actually correct. So now you've got this bubble going where this false information has been inculcated and traveling around in a circular fashion as if that gives it some type of validity and is being substantiated. So as it gets out into the public, people start to buy into it. Now, her lawyer might have a problem on his hands. I cannot see him walking in there and saying Hillary dreamed all this up, that he met with Hillary, and uh, this is how he got it. If he did get it from another source other than himself, I just cannot see Hillary being anywhere near it. It might have been through a contact, through a contact, through a contact. I'm thinking if, and I do put if out there because I don't know. If she was involved, there would be so many degrees of separation. You would not find her connected to it. And I just can't see this gentleman going in there and implicating Hillary Clinton in this mess. So I'm going to tell you why my skepticism is because Hillary Clinton is no stranger to scandal. She has quite a list of different scandals, and they're not in-depth studies on my part. They're just to bring them to your attention. And if you want to, you Google them. And you see what you think. And if you've been around, you've, you've had a front row seat to the Clinton scandals. From the, from the time they hit the, the, the road, it's been one scandal after another. But we're going to go over a few of them. And uh, keep in mind, Hillary Clinton has never been indicted. She's never been prosecuted. So in the traditions of America, she is innocent until proven guilty. And nobody has ever brought anything to Hillary that has even come close to sticking. So... Let's start in uh, 1978. Hillary, as a rather novice investor, sinks $1,000 into cattle future and realizes a return of $100,000 in less than one year. This is big money in 78. An analysis of that investment was done by Auburn University, and it was determined that a deal like that had a 1 in 31 trillion chance of occurring. Now compare that to winning the lottery. You've got a 1 in 176 million chance of winning the lottery. So, I mean, that's just kind of mind-blowing. A lot of eyebrows got raised from this. There was a lot of allegations of insider trading, insider information. But uh, the White House did have a former Mercantile Exchange chairman come in, and he was asked to review the trading records, and his findings were that Hillary violated no rules and... There she went. Now, her political pundits and her enemies got a lot of mileage out of that story. I'm just re relating to you, and nothing is in dispute about her uh, investing the $1,000 and um, turning it into $100,000 in a year. So that's 
probably one of the minor scandals that she has been involved with. The next one is Whitewater, which I would say is the Mac Daddy of them all. And Whitewater, in case you don't know, involved uh, land development, vacation homes. The Clintons went into partnership with uh, James and Susan McDougall, and it involved uh, a bank known as the Madison Guarantee Savings and Loan. All kinds of allegations that there was money laundering going through there. Bill, uh, Jim was padding construction bills so he could pass that money along to uh, Bill Clinton. Uh, Hillary's law firm handled, I think, the defense. I don't know that she handled the business dealings of the bank. There were some very sketchy billing records uh, for services that were rendered. How much money did they make? One of the deals that came under a lot of scrutiny was a $300,000 commission made to an Arkansas businessman named Seth Ward. Uh, regulators felt that it was meant to hide the real corruption of the Castle Grande dealings and that there was some some smoke and fire there that they looked into the fbi wanted those billing records and they could not find them they could not put their hands on them uh, hillary said they're they're not available she didn't know where they were webb hubble another associate of the rose law firm said the last that he knew of them vince foster had them and that was last that that he's seen of it the fbi did finally get their hands on it Again, check this out. I think Hillary said she found it somewhere mysteriously in the White House after they moved there, but they got their hands on the record. They found that the notes and the records were in the handwriting of Foster and appeared to be directed at Hillary. Now, Webb Hubble went to prison for some, I think, embezzlement from the law firm itself. And Vince Foster, who at the time was deputy White House counsel, and the Clinton administration was found dead at Fort Macy Park in Virginia. It was determined that Foster committed suicide for a single gunshot wound to the head. That was a scandal within itself. A lot of conspirators came forward and said uh, Hillary had him killed. There was, a, there was an investigation done by the, the Park Police as, as well as the FBI, and they both determined that it was death by suicide. So there, the only thing I'm going to say about that is, and I'll just reiterate it one more time, that... Hillary was found not guilty of anything, but she was a partner. She had close proximity being the lawyer representing Jim McDougal and the uh, savings and loan and being a partner in the development. A lot of people around her ended up going to prison, but neither her or Bill were held to any degree accountable for anything that happened there. The savings and loan went belly up. That put the American taxpayer on the hook, I think, for $70, $80 million. Like I said, it was a train wreck. There was a lot of lives destroyed. Uh, a, a death uh, came from it. Some people say is he was just incredibly uh, stressed and depressed. I'm talking about Vince Foster. So, I mean, there was, there was a lot of tragedy that came forward out of that whole thing. But the, the Clintons pretty much walked free and clear of it. In 93, it might seem trivial, but... It, was a big thing in the news that we had Travelgate. This is where Hillary walked into the department to handle travel, and she fires all the employees, or at least seven of them, and she brings in her friends. So there was a lot of allegations about cronyism, questions about ethics and finances, record keeping were made. The only one that was prosecuted in that whole deal was the director of the office. He uh, was depositing money directly into his account. I think it totaled something like $68,000 into his personal account. The money came mainly, mainly from media organizations that were traveling with the president. 
he was acquitted after a jury trial as far as the firings went. Uh, it was determined that those people serve at the pleasure of the president. So Hillary, it would have been questionable for her to fire him, but as long as Bill said he was behind it, there was no, no there there. But it again, it turned out to be quite a, a lot of ammo for her, for her enemies. Another scandal that Hillary was involved in was known as Filegate, and it was alleged that she had obtained FBI files on political opponents, uh, people in previous administrations such as uh, George H.W. Bush, Ronald Reagan, and she was not supposed to have access. They were obtained through somebody that was hired, which this was quite a job to try to figure out who hired what the White House was called Office of Personal Security which was bizarre because the security of the White House follows under the Secret Service, but they hired a guy named Craig Livingstone for this uh, position, Office of Personal Security. Come to find out, he really didn't have a background in security. The only thing he had was working on uh, Clinton campaigns, but it was through him that these uh, FBI files were obtained. He never got any security clearance. He was never run under any kind of background checks. So at the end of the day, FBI finds that uh, nothing was done wrong here. Uh, I don't think anybody was held accountable. Uh, they, I think they finally determined that it was Vince Foster that did the hiring. And as you remember, I told you, Vince committed suicide. He's dead, so he can't uh, tell the story of this. So it, he was the one that hired Craig Livingstone. And I, I really think there's a lot of stuff that was never answered uh, in all this. And it could very well be, again, because the FBI is involved with this. I mean, they should be on the ball as to who they release this information to. I mean, they should have came under a lot more scrutiny to uh, be honest with you. They should know who's got the proper clearances for uh, these kinds of things. Request an FBI file. But... That's another one that Hillary pretty much just walks away from. I don't think anybody was indicted or held accountable in that. Just another, another scandal. And you know, I don't, I don't know if this you would think of this being as scandalous. But when Hillary became the senator of New York, I don't know. I don't even know what her history is living in New York. I think she buys a house in New York and then she runs for senator of New York. She actually beats a hometown boy out for that position. So I guess nothing was done wrong. She bought her house. She owned a house in New York, and therefore she gets to represent the people of New York. But to me, that's kind of sketch. I mean, why would she not want to represent the state of Arkansas, right? I mean, she's got, she's, that's where her roots are. Or where'd she grow up at? I don't even know where she grew up. Where, whatever state she grew up in. Maybe it was New York she grew up in. Maybe that's why she uh, wanted to be the senator of New York. Hold on, I can check that out. A real quick search will tell me. She grew up in uh, Illinois. So that's where Hillary Clinton grew up, Illinois. Why didn't she want to be the senator for the great state of Illinois? I don't know. Maybe there's more power that you can wield from the state of New York. But I thought that was kind of strange. Then you've got in 2012 the whole Benghazi fiasco where she tried to tell everybody this was some type of organic thing that grew up. You never saw it coming, that it wasn't organized. And everybody on the ground that was involved with that testified otherwise. It was it was her, or she was one of many, including a lot of the media. Most of your media networks were pushing all this thing. I think they said some guy in California made fun of a Muslim and uh, brought that attack on, which, again, was was a lie. 
but her actions or her inactions, for instance, to the best of my knowledge, everybody else had uh, closed their uh, embassies up and pulled their ambassadors out. She did not do that, and it resulted in the ambassador, Chris Stevens, dying. But, you know, she's, she's, she gets brought in front of Congress, and she just seems pissed off that she even has to give an account of what happened in Benghazi. And we still don't know what happened in Benghazi. We have, we have the word of the people that were there that day uh, who survived, and I'd say you'd have to give them more credibility but the, the State Department seemed to not act, to be totally unaware of what was going on. So she said she will take responsibility. And, you know, at a moment in time in the hearing when she was in front of Congress, she said she takes full responsibility. But I don't know what that meant. She did not resign. Uh, she, she wasn't. What does that mean to be held accountable? I mean, you can't be held accountable. I mean, like the, the Japanese, the old Japanese people, soldiers and leaders, when they were held accountable, it was a serious deal. They went to a room and they committed what they called Harry Carry, where they would take a sword and eviscerate themselves. So when they said that they were being held accountable and honorably, I mean, it was quite a, quite a show. For Hillary, it was like, okay, I take, uh, I take responsibility. Let's move on to the next one. Nothing to see here, folks. Keep moving. Then you have the scandal of the Clinton Foundation. A lot of allegations of quid pro quo. Example, Victor Pinchuk Foundation of Ukraine committed $29 million to the foundation. He was married to the daughter of the Ukraine president at the time, Leonid Kuchma. And he said it was to help make Ukraine a successful, free, and modern country. Now, I don't think that's working out too good on that investment. Another example of a big donation made by a foreign country would be Russia itself through a firm called Uranium One, also known as Rostram, a Russian state-controlled nuclear company. You know, they give them $145 million, and I guess that's to make the world a better place, but they were able to secure 20% of U.S. uranium. And, of course, Hillary had to vote on that. So, you know, you take from that if you would, do you think that deal was helped out because the foundation got $145 million? To the best of my knowledge, there's not even been an investigation, just a lot of uh, political pundits talking about it. But, you know, and I'll, I'll say this too, because I want to be fair to Hillary, Obama could have stopped that deal from going down, but he did not. So can't hold Hillary totally responsible for the acquisition of that uranium by Russia, but she, she did have a voice in it. Another scandal, if you want to call it, is the allegations that has been made about Hillary Clinton enabling Bill to have his sexual dalliances. Some of them were consensual. Some of them weren't. But the fact that she would uh, handle these, what they call bimbo eruptions, these people claiming, or these women claiming to have affairs with Bill, or people that Bill forced himself upon, really does not show very well for it. It does not put her in a good light when you start to think that she became quite a part of the hashtag me too community especially what was that guy's name harvey weinstein some of the stuff that bill was doing was very much at least alleged along those lines i don't think he was held accountable for that yeah there was a, a miss broderick who said that bill raped her she had worked for his campaign he was in little rock they meet at a hotel and bill suggests that they go to his room because of all the reporters in the lobby she agrees, and he starts his advances, which uh, she resists. 
and he pulls her onto the bed and forcibly has sex with her. This story is backed up by a Norma Rogers who found her in the room crying in a state of shock. Her upper lip was puffed out and blue as if she had been hit. The Vox article read, Other friends of Broderick, a Louise Ma, a Susan Lewis, and a Jean Darden all stated that Broderick told them at the time that Clinton raped her. So why did she not report it at the time? I don't know. Maybe she felt like nobody would believe her. Uh, she says herself she felt like she might have been guilty. Maybe she played some part in it. You know, it's very typical of a rape victim to blame themselves and feel guilty. So, I mean, that's understandable. She said that Bill had called her several times afterwards asking when she was coming back to Little Rock. And she told him that she wasn't going to come back. Now, sometime later, her and her husband went to a fundraiser for Bill Clinton. And she says that Hillary made a beeline for her. Miss Broderick said that she'd only been there a few minutes and wanted to make an appearance and leave. Uh, she said Hillary caught her at the door, took her hand, and said, I'm so happy to meet you. I want you to know that we appreciate everything you do for Bill. And she said she started to turn away, and she held onto my hand and reiterated her phrase, looking less friendly, and repeated her statement, everything you do for Bill. And she said, I said nothing. And she wasn't letting me get away until she made her point. She talked low. The smile faded on the second. Thank you. I just released her hand from mine and left the gathering. So, again, I mean, that's, that's a very intimidating thing. I mean, what I would take from that is probably what Miss Broderick took uh, from that. Uh, you're going to be quiet or we can make your life very, very difficult. And that seems to be in line with the way they handled what they referred to. This is not me talking. This was heavily used within uh, their administration. The people in charge of that thing is handling bimbo eruptions is what they call it. One thing I'm going to point out to you is that it does appear that she was an enabler for, for Bill's uh, sexual dalliances, both consensual and not so much so. And just to finish the podcast up, I pulled up an article from the New York Post, and it's just it's not really scandals, just lies that Hillary Clinton has told uh, during her political career. Um, the first one is she, she claimed to be named after Sir Edmund Hillary, the conqueror of Mount Everest, but she was six years old at the time that he made his famous ascent, so that's a lie. In 1996, she claimed she and her entourage landed under sniper fire and had to run with their heads down to get into vehicles to get on our base, although the videos of her rival show her waltzing serenely across the tarmac and waving to the crowd. You know, a scandal that was involving more so Trump for the birther allegations about Obama's citizenship and where he was actually born really had its beginnings. I'm not denying that Trump didn't push it, but I'm trying to tell you that it actually had its beginnings uh, when a uh, former deputy attorney general of Pennsylvania, Philip J. Berg, filed a lawsuit to get to the bottom of all this, questioning whether Barack was an actual citizen and saying that he was born in Africa. It uh, came after a organization called Puma, which literally means party unity my ass, uh, asked him to take out the suit against the Democratic Party for pushing the nomination forward, knowing that he was not an American citizen. I'm not going to get too much into that, but that's the only document case that I can find where somebody took legal action to uh, do that. I mean, that was long before President Trump came along. So Hillary 
has been going after political opponents for a very long time. That's nothing new. I mean, you could say like NASCAR racing, that's just racing. If you want to say that's just uh, political banter or how, how they do it, it gets it's a, it's a tough world and sometimes you get your elbow scraped. I will say that Hillary doesn't mind getting in there and getting dirty. She can sling the mud with the very best of them. I guess you, I told you all this to simply say, I do not believe that Hillary Clinton is going to go down for Jack for this Durham investigation. Like I said, out of all the things that that woman has come through, this this is this is potatoes. But then again, uh, she might have a day like uh, what was his name, Al Capone. I understand Al Capone never went down for any murders or um, bringing in liquor during Prohibition or any of the organized crime he was involved with. It was evasion of taxes. The IRS got him. Maybe it'll be one of those deals. Uh, I, as always, I do appreciate you listening. Um, sorry I didn't have something better for you this week. I, I have to be quite honest with you. I, I, I don't think it was very good, but I don't know. It, it Some of these things interested me at the time. Maybe they'll interest you. I'm trying to keep in mind that a lot of the people that might be listening, I'm looking at the different age groups of people who listen to my podcast, and some of you weren't around when some of these things happened and can't appreciate it. As I always uh, tell you, I hope that it will spur you to look a little bit deeper. Maybe you can look into these different scandals and come away with a different perspective. My perspective is Hillary Clinton is one tough cookie. I think... Uh, I think as a politician, she's very savvy. I think when she's uh, negotiating in such things, she knows how to keep the right amount of distance from things. Plausible deniability is a very good thing to know when you're a politician, and I think nobody knows that better than Hillary. Bill, not so much so. I, you know, when that whole Monica Lewinsky thing went down, I, I did kind of chuckle to myself when... You know, they were trying to portray that uh, Hillary was caught off guard with all this information that Bill was cheating because by the time the Monica Lewinsky thing came out, we already knew about Jennifer Flowers. I can't remember if the uh, Paula Jones thing was out by then, but it was very well documented uh, by then, all the dalliances of Bill. I mean, that was just uh, that was just something to be expected. So for the media to treat uh, Hillary like she is some type of fading violet or some type of weak person or unknowledgeable person. I guarantee you Hillary knew everything that was going on in that White House. If she was pissed with Bill, it was not for the infidelity. It was because of his inability to keep it covered up. So I'd have to tell you, out of the two, Bill might have had the personality, but I, I think Hillary was the brains behind the, the Clintons, and uh, she is probably never going to be the president, but she should take some type of uh, comfort in knowing that, at least I do, I give her a lot of credit. You know, there were some good things that happened under the Bill Clinton administration. You know, they got their clock clean after the first two years. I think you could probably attribute that to that whole don't ask, don't tell policy. That was not ready for prime time. But you had an overwhelming overtake of Republicans. I think that was the first time in 40 years that the uh, Republicans had the House and Senate. And that made for a uh, actually a very good team. Uh, Bill Clinton and I think uh, 
who was the head of uh, Congress back then, Newt Gingrich. They uh, they did a pretty good job. I mean, we had a great economy, um, paying down national debt, balanced budget. So there were there were some good things that happened uh, during the Clinton administration. Can't cannot forget about those. All right. With that being said, I hope that uh, at least gave you something to think about. Like I said, these were not in-depth studies into the scandals of the Clinton, but you got to admit that's a pretty impressive list of scandals for somebody during their lifetime. I mean, you've got allegations of ethical things, uh, sexual harassment, getting improper security clearance, and then I, you know I didn't even talk about the. Uh, the server. So let's uh, let's go over the server because this one probably interests me because it was it was the one time I thought to myself, man, Hillary might not get out of this one. She might be going down because uh, it involved uh, top secret information that was leaked out, and her email was hacked. But uh, for those of you that may have forgotten, or maybe some of you never knew, she was investigated for maintaining her own personal server in her house in her basement and conducting official state businesses and correspondence on that service. The FBI found that over 100 emails contained classified information. 22 were top secret. Over 2,000 were confidential, according to Wikipedia. Uh, it was reported that she never even activated her State Department email account, and this would be where these correspondence should have taken place. Now. She would have known that this is a violation of federal law, 18 U.S. Code 1924. She set up her server in which she stated was for her convenience. One could speculate that it was not so innocent. It's hard to think that Hillary Clinton, being a seasoned lawyer, politician, senator, front row seat for eight years as first lady, and no stranger to scandal, by the way, would have made such an error. It's really hard to think that Obama's administration did not know that they were communicating on an unsecured server. You know, it's been said that the server that she had was not even as secure as your Gmail account that you could just sign up for. And so when it really came into light is when it got hacked. It was hacked by somebody that went by Guccifer, and he distributed the emails. Let me back up a little bit. He actually um, hacked the emails of... Uh, Sidney Blumenthal, which is uh, a friend uh, of Hillary's. I'm not really sure what his job was in the government. I don't think he had a government job. I know he didn't have the security clearance to be receiving some of the information. And he received information about Benghazi and Libya. You read up on that and find out what his interest was and all that. But when the FBI finished their investigation, this is what got me. I remember watching it as the news broke. And uh, Jim Comey gets on TV and he said, and this is him, this is in his quotation, although we did not find clear evidence that Secretary Clinton or her colleagues intended to violate laws governing the handling of classified information, there is evidence that they were extremely careless in their handling of very sensitive, highly classified information. These were the findings of FBI Director Comey and the FBI. What happened to Hillary after all this? Nothing. Nothing at all. I think the recommendation was the, to not proceed with any type of uh, prosecution or indictment. It just kind of went away. I don't even know if she uh, stopped communicating on the server and started using the uh, proper White House communications, which would have been secured lines of communication. So 
there's one more. Yeah, like I said, when he was reading the what they had found out, I'm like, oh man, he's getting ready to indict her. So, I don't know what the purpose of that was. One could argue it did cost her possibly that election. That was a very close election. She ran with Trump. She got the uh, most votes. She was just uh, way behind in electoral college points or whatever you want to call them. Anyhow, that's all I've got for you folks. I hope... Uh, I hope you can glean some information from that. If you find any interest in that, there's tons of stuff on the Internet that you can look up. And uh, you could spend a long time trying to take the whitewater thing and unwinding that. It's a bizarre tale. I mean, if they ever do a movie on the Clintons, it's not going to be an hour and a half, two hours. That's going to be some type of epic thing. That's probably going to be a four or five, five hour movie. So anyhow, it has been kind of interesting to watch them. I think I'll go ahead and call it right there. I'm coming up on what well, looks like 40 minutes, and uh, there's going to be a lot of editing. I can tell you that. I'll try to get it down to 30 minutes so I don't bore you too much. And uh, in closing, I'll ask you once again, if you heard anything that you liked here, hit subscribe. And uh, I look forward for the next time that we are getting together. i got Friday Ramblings coming back up. A lot of people like Friday Ramblings have no idea what I'm going to be talking about. How about getting in there and leaving me some comments of stuff that you would like to hear talked about on Over and Under? Okay, well, until we can get back together, I'm going to do as I always do. Wish you a fond ado. Uh, pray for blessings upon your house and wish you good health, good fortune. I know times are looking pretty rough right now, but keep your heads up. We have been in worse times. I grew up during the Carter administration. Some people older than me remember the Great Depression. So I know things are not looking good right now, but things will get better. And if they don't, remember, we got a good God. He sees all and he's in control. So you take care of yourself and I'll see you soon. Bye.